All right, and we are live. We're at episode 69 of Goals and Updates. And, and one second, let me put this up. All right, we're golden. We're golden, guys. We're golden. Oh, hang on one sec. Hang on, hang on. Gotta, gotta plug my computer in, right? 39%. But hang on, boys and girls. Hang on, hang on. We're gonna have some pretty exciting stuff. Give me one sec. Hang on. Oh, shit. All right. We got it. I plugged the computer in, and we golden. All right. So my name's Tyler Dunn, and this is episode 39 of Goals and Updates. We're going to be talking about some stuff that's happening in my life. I'm going to update you guys on some stuff, some juicy, some juicy, juicy details. And I'm going to update you guys on, like, some stuff I bought to get this podcast and get some co-hosts on this show. All right, we're gonna get some co-hosts on this show. Um, and then we're gonna talk about two topics. The first one's gonna be um, having accountability. And then the second one's gonna be always finish the task. All right, so we're gonna start off by updating. I'm gonna update you guys on what's going on. So I got the mic, as you can see, working. All right, I got the mic working. I got the rubber bands, I ordered them. So we're all set, all right? No more, no more cheap, cheap rubber bands that you use to hold uh, your money together or whatever you use a rubber band for nowadays because I don't think many people use the rubber bands anymore. But uh, I got some professional microphone rubber bands on this microphone, yo. Done deal. Hell yeah, yo. Hell yeah, Jimmy. Done deal investments is the smart way to invest, yo. But, um, but I got the rubber bands. So we're good with that. I got, um, I'm going to show you some stuff I, I just recently got for, uh, for co-hosting. All right. So the biggest problem was, uh, I needed another headset right here. Another headset. There you go. Another headset. I got a splitter because the problem with the, the two I two is uh, it only has one headphone jack. So whenever I have someone on here, they can't feel the real podcast vibes, which I don't like. And I want them to be able to hear themselves talk and how it's coming, you know, coming across the microphone. So I bought a splitter that plugs in the one end, which is a one-fourth um, auto, auto jack cable. And then it's got two uh, splitters on the end. So I can put two headphones in. I haven't tested this out yet. I'll do it after the show. Just to make sure it works before I keep them. But um, I was really worried because at the ends, they have two... Uh, one fourth, um, actual fitters that go into them, and I was like, oh no, like, like the headphones, like I could show you on this one because it came with it, but hey, let me put this down for a second. Hang on. So on this one, you can see it's the actual one fourth adapter on it, right? And if I take it off, it's a little mini. Um, I don't know the size on this one, but it's a little mini one. And I thought when they shipped me this new microphone, it wasn't gonna have this piece, the adapter, and uh. I was pissed because I'm like, oh no, yeah, I gotta send this back and either either a buy another adapter to fit onto the piece, or I have to go and buy um, a different splitter and return the one I got. But I was like, oh wait, it's the same headphones I have that came with it. Maybe it has the adapter already built into it, and it did. Thank God, yo, because I was like, I don't have to send this back. But uh, so that's that. Hang on one second, I'm just putting this to the side. So that's that. We got that. The next move is um. The next real move is to get a microphone stand for another mic, and then we're basically golden. I can get co-hosts on here without any trouble of like people not having the headphones, not having a microphone, not having anything, and we'll get some really fascinated co-hosts on here. Um, some people that, that I'm going to get Ashma on here. I think Ashma left. Ashma was in here earlier. But uh, I'm going to get Ashma on here, and that one's going to be a good show. You're not going to want to miss that one. I just don't – she hasn't really given me specifics when she's coming back down from town. That she's in, um, she goes to school in Gainesville. So whenever she comes down, I'll work something out with her, and we'll do a co-host. And every by the time she comes down here, I'll have everything set up anyways, where the microphone will be good. Um, I'll have like everything set, which is gonna be awesome. The other thing I'm gonna update you guys on is, uh, I'm still trying to get the guy Daniel, who's a motivational speaker, on, and me and him are gonna try to do like, I don't know if he's just gonna join me on the goals and updates, and we're gonna talk, or if he's just gonna basically be. Um, we're going to start a whole new like sub channel for that. I don't I, like, we haven't sat down and talked about it. I think we're probably just going to wing it and see how it goes. But I'm telling you, like, um, he brought it up to my attention. I didn't hit him up last week to do it. And he said this week he's busy, which I'm going to be busy anyways. I'm going Friday, Saturday, and Sunday to Pompano beach. 
um, and just kind of kind of chilling with some some uh, some family. I, I consider them they're they're technically friends, but I consider them family. That, that that's my second family. All right, like I said, I don't have friends. I have family. All right. And uh, the cool thing about it is, like, I'm going to go up there and chill with them for a little bit in a beach resort. And then from there, I'm probably, I'm probably going to do some social media work up there, too, when I'm, I'm chilling on the, on the, you know, on the beach <laughs> with a little cocktail. I might be chilling and uh, doing some social media because I, I really want to get back into putting some, um, some motivational speakers on my Facebook page. I've been slacking really hard on that. It's been, I think, two or three weeks since I've actually put one of those uh, motivational videos out. And I really want to put some more out because those are those are what's been keeping me alive, basically, in the sense of like um, keeping the motivation of my life going, like always wanting to get to the next next level um, me, right? The next level Tyler Dunn status, and keep on pushing myself to go to Toastmasters, keep on pushing myself to to work harder and and be better at the job that I'm at right now, and get through this last semester of school, right? Because I'm telling you, it is rough. I'm going through accounting one right now. I'm at the very, very end. I took the I took a test last week. What's up, Sterling? And uh, it was torture. All right, I didn't. It's it's getting it's getting rough. And then I got I'm, I know for a fact I got to take the final, and that's going to be chapters one all the way to nine. So it's going to be a um I think they call that a continuous like test, like a a final, a continuous where it goes from one to to nine. So. It's gonna it's gonna be rough, but I'm gonna get through it because I listen to a motivational video every single morning. All right, and that's what I want to do for you guys. Is I'm already watching these videos. I can weed out the bad ones and weed out the very good one, or and put the good ones on the Facebook page. And I want to do it so like you don't have to go and find good videos. Like I'll just put the good videos up on on um on the Facebook page. Right, I'll just put them on the Facebook page. It's the best platform for uh, for video content, so that's why I'm using Facebook for those. And then that way, you guys can just watch them. And if you ever need like good motivational videos, it's gonna be all on my uh, my status or my timeline on Facebook. And then you just go to each one, and you can watch them whenever you want. Um, and at the same time, like it'll help you boost your confidence, because that's the real key: is confidence. You gotta be confident in yourself that like you're you're gonna attempt to go for that next level, you, that next level, whoever you are, right? So that's that. But uh, I'm trying to think if I can update you guys on anything else. Those are like the main things that uh, that are basically going on in my life right now. Uh, the big thing that I was really excited was getting the, the equipment to put a co-host on here. So like, because most people don't have a microphone. Like Fabrizio had microphones and a, and a headphone. Um, he had headphones, but we couldn't we couldn't use his headphones because I didn't have an, I didn't have a splitter to get the headphones in. So he couldn't he couldn't really listen to the sound quality and everything. But uh, now we can. So anyways, we're going to go through these two topics, all right? Now, the first one's going to be accountability, and I'm going to I'm going to try to dive deep into this one cuz this one I feel like I can talk for I can talk forever on this one just because like I I do a lot of accountability, all right? I mean, accountability to me is probably the most important thing that uh, you could possibly do. Now, what accountability is is holding yourself your they like to say a lot of like motivational speakers or anyone that talks about accountability likes to say like holding your feet to the fire forcing yourself to basically do something to result in an outcome right so accountability is very hard for a lot of people because most people um they're used to working at a job where someone else is holding them accountable they're not like you're, when you work at a certain like certain jobs actually probably like almost every single job and you're not the owner you're being held accountable for your position at that job, right? By either a manager, a higher up, someone above you has to manage you and make sure that you're doing what you're saying you're going to do, right? And you're going to commit to it and you're doing it the right way, right? Not the wrong way. So that person is holding you accountable. Now, what ends up happening is when you get older and you don't build that accountability, you you tend to like not do well in life, only for the fact that you're not holding yourself. You've never built that that discipline of accountability in your life. Um, I'm, I'm lucky enough to like be doing that now at 23 and like, you know, I still struggle with it. Like I don't think anyone's perfect when it comes to accountability, but the, the difference between the average and the obsessed is the average will just say, well, there's always tomorrow. And the obsessed will always be like, no, like the perfect time, the perfect time to hold accountability is right now. Right? Like I got to do it now, not later. 
So that's the big difference between accountability with people that are obsessed and people that are average. Now, you, you know, I, I would consider myself, I would consider myself in between. I don't feel like I'm at, I'm not at a level yet where like I consider myself obs- obsessed in that, in that sense. I'm working on it. Uh, cause sometimes, you know, I'll come home and I'll be like, damn, I just worked, uh, I worked an eight hour shift and I'll get stuff done. But sometimes I feel like I could do a lot more than what I'm doing. Right. Um, to the average person, like, you know, my mom is always like, oh, you're always doing a podcast. You're always going to this thing. I was talking to Ashma a week ago and uh, I was doing, I was talking to her. I was like, I just, she wanted me to talk to her. She wanted help with something. And I'm like, I'm going to call you after work. And that was about, I went into work that day on a Friday at nine in the morning, all the way to 6 30 PM drove home, which is about, you know, about 15, maybe close to like 25 minutes depending on traffic too, because traffic is what really holds you up. And then, um, I, you know, I'm calling her on the way home, got dressed right when I got dressed and I was still on the phone with her. I went to uh, a thing called fish fry at my church. Now fish fry is just, um, on Lent, you're a Catholic or a Christian is not really supposed to be eating meat on Friday. Um, so they do fish fry, which is fish. They, they say fish is, is, uh, is not meat. So like fish is okay. So at my church, they do a fish fry for the community and anyone else. Like you don't have to be a part of the church. You don't have to do anything. You just, you come, you pay like $10 for the meal. And if you want alcohol, it's a little bit extra. I think it's like five bucks for wine and like maybe like three bucks for beer or something like that. I don't know the prices, but um, it's pretty cheap. By the way, if you actually want to attend that and you live in Coral Springs area, uh, go to San Elizabeth and Seton on Fridays. All right. It's every Friday until after Lent. I think there's only a month left of Lent or like maybe... I think it's a month left of Lent basically. But anyways, um, so I volunteer there. I just recently started volunteering there and I'm like, you know, I'll help you guys out in the back doing dishes. Cause, uh, my one friend's mom, uh, Sterling who joined this earlier is, um, she volunteers there all the time. And she told, and she's like, Hey, like if, if like we really need help in the back to wash dishes. And I was like, all right, I got you. I'll come back next week. Cause I think that like that week or I was doing something and, um, I'm like, I'll come back next week and I'll help you out. Well, I ended up going, and uh, held myself to that accountability that I've been telling you guys in the beginning. And I went and I volunteered to go wash dishes. Now, the first time I went there, I met a guy named Kevin. Now, Kevin is retired. Kevin uh, is working on a 1968 Corvette, building it from the ground up. And um, the funny thing was I was talking to him. So I'm like, all right, like, and like, see, like, you'll see, like, as I'm telling you this story, all this stuff I've been telling you in the, in the previous episodes of Goals and Updates, I basically did to talk to this guy, Kevin, and I'm working on doing something with this guy, Kevin. All right. That I randomly just met washing dishes, volunteering in a, uh, in the back for fish fry. All right. So all this stuff I'm telling you, I'm holding myself accountable to all this stuff I'm telling you. All right. But the funny thing was I'm back there washing dishes, talking to the guy, Kevin, and he's like, Hey, like, um, we are talking about like, he's building this 1968 Corvette from the ground up. Hasn't even started the engine yet. Brand new engine. And uh, I was like, oh, that's kind of weird because I'm like, you know, I worked on this bike that I, we built the motor on it and I'm like, I can't get the motor to start. And I've, this motor's, this bike with the motor on it's been sitting in my garage for the past like year, maybe like seven months, eight months at, at, the, at the least. And I'm like, hey, like, here's the problem. Every single time we do this, this happens. Or every single time I do this, this happens. And he's like, well, it's probably this or your whole engine's messed up. And you're going to have to go, go get a new engine, right? So I'm talking to him and I'm like, you know, I'm probably going to, in my head, I'm like, you know, like he's telling me how to take this apart. Like if I do it, it's going to take me hours. It might, it's a small little engine on it. Like a one, um, they call it a, a two stroke engine because it goes up and down and it's one, um, it's a one piston cylinder type engine. It's a small little engine that goes on like a physical bike that you, uh, you pedal. And I'm like, I'm like, well, and then he brought it up. He's like, well, listen, yo, he's like, I'm retired. He's like, I don't really work. He's like, you can bring it over my house and I'll take a look at it. And like, I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm like, oh man, this is perfect. Right. I'm like, it is perfect. Like I, I need this out of the garage. I want to sell it. Like, I don't want to keep it. There's no use for it really for me to keep it. Like, I don't know, maybe I keep it for a little bit and just kind of like break it in and like keep up with it and like then sell it because uh, me and my friend invested money into, we're going to start this business with it. And I'm like, uh, it ended up failing and I'm like, like, screw it. Yeah. I just want to get rid of it. And like the whole entire time I've been talking to my friend and he's like, Oh yeah, I do lost the money. I don't really care. But 
I'm thinking to myself, if you can fix it, I'll sell it for a decent amount of money and then we'll just split, I'll split it down the middle and give him what, what he paid for the bike and a little bit more, right? So I'm like, so the point of the story is I volunteered, not expecting to get anything. I was expecting basically just go there, work my ass off, be the hardest worker there, and then like help people out, help the, help that church out or my church. I shouldn't say that church because it's my church. I go there every Sunday. Um, help that church out, help the people that I, I believe in that work there and help feed people, right? Because that's the big reason I wanted to help. I was like, I'm going to help feed people, right? I'm going to do a service because uh, everyone complains that something is bad, but I'm like, I'm not going to be the one that's going to complain. I'm going to go contribute and I'm going to go help out, right? Volunteer my time, not get paid for it because I'm committed. So I go there, work out and guess what happened, man? And, and whether you believe in God or not, that was a pure, a pure reward from God. 110%. Like I, I like there, it, it doesn't, it doesn't get any clearer than that. Yo, like I went and volunteered at a church to help people out and God rewarded me for going and doing and working for free. He rewarded me by help, uh, putting me in front of Kevin. And now Kevin's going to help me work on this engine. That's been sitting in my garage for a year that I can't figure out how to do it. And he might even be able to fix the, the generator that's been in our house for a while. So the point of this story is hold yourself accountable, right? I'm going to bring it back to accountability. Hold yourself accountable when you say you're going to do something. How many times have you told someone that you wanted to do something, right? You promised them, hey, we're going to hang out this weekend. Hey, I'm going to go do this for you. Hey, I'm going to go do that. And you, and you basically never showed up. You didn't hold yourself to that accountability level of, hey, I said I was going to do this and I didn't go do it, Right? I told his mom, Sterling's mom, she asked me up front. She was like, hey, like, um, I know you're here to eat because I went there originally to go eat. And she was like, but we really need help in the backwash and dishes. Okay, I'll help you out. And like the reason I did it was because she asked me and I'm like, here's a great way to go meet more people in my community that are, are like minded people like myself that are um, they believe in God. It's very it's really hard to find that nowadays with my age. 23, it's very, very, very hard in the area that I'm at to find people that believe in, in faith and have, and have like a, like some type of faith. Right. So I'm like, you know, and, and by the way, like all, I was the only one that was young in there, by the way. Um, the second night I went in there, Kevin ended up doing something else. Kevin couldn't make it that night. I did the dishes by myself last week on a Friday. Right. Last week I did the dishes by myself and I held myself to accountability and I told myself in my mind, all right, because I got there, I got there, I did get there a little late, all right, but I'm like, I'm going to hold myself accountable. I'm going to be the hardest working person in this kitchen. Even though people are cooking, even though people are serving out there, even though people are collecting trash, I'm going to be the hardest working person in this church tonight. And, uh, and I, I'm telling you, like, I, like, the hard part for me is uh, it wasn't hard for me because I've been in the restaurant industry or the food and beverage in industry. And um, I, I've been hit if hopefully uh, and Stella doesn't join this, but if Stella ever joined the, a podcast, it'd be now because Stella and like, I might even like text Stella after this just because it like put it in my brain and I'm like, Oh man, I got to reach out to her. But Stella, who was my old, 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 sorry, it's a little, <clears throat> let me fix this my old, my first ever manager at a job. She hired, um, she didn't technically hire me, but I work for her. All right. Now she was probably the best manager I've ever had in my whole, whole, whole entire life. Now, the reason for that was because she was the one that showed me what true hard work was. She put, she held everyone to accountability or at least held me to accountability. She trusted me to do stuff that most managers would not trust someone like myself to do in the sense of like, I was 16 when I first worked there. And like when she became manager, I think I was 17 or 18. So I was the youngest person over there that was doing Excel sheets for her, doing certain things that like maybe she didn't know too much because she, um, you know, she wasn't really tech savvy, but she was like, she was well fit to run that rest or that uh, the little food beverage place. It was more of like a concession stand, but it was really a restaurant. They served restaurant food uh, to the bar. And, and what we did was they had these tournaments for like Russian tournaments, tournaments where people came across all over the world. All right. 
and we would have the bar upstairs. We'd have the concession stand in the front, and then we'd have like another little concession stand in the back. So what would happen is during tournaments, we'd be getting hit by three different areas, the bar, the back, and the front. And she would put me on line. I worked my way up to the line position because I was a cashier when I started there, collecting money, and then I'd hand the food out and then hand out certain items and basically just like took people's money and just ordered the food and then made sure the, the service was good, right? But what happened was I worked my way up into the back and I worked my way into the kitchen. I've, and let me tell you something. I've never, I've never cut anything at this point in my life. Puts me on the line and I, and I was like, I'll do whatever you need. You tell me how to do it work my way up. I, I got so much trust from her. And like, like I would like, she trusted me so much that she ended up moving me and put someone else online and put me on kitchen kitchen, meaning like I was in control of like the chef area. Right. So I was making wings. I was making um, burgers. I was making uh, chicken. I was making everything that you had to really know what you were doing or else you're going to get people sick and stuff like that. Um, like it, it was, it was a role that she didn't just put anyone on. Cause you're, you're head of, you're basically head of that kitchen when you're on that station. And she put me on there and we would get like, I'm not even exaggerating 200 tickets, like probably like every five, 10 minutes, we'd get like 200 tickets. And I'm like, Oh my like, oh shit. So like, that's what built my accountability and the discipline was working for her was Stella. Now um definitely hitting her up after this, but Stella was the one that really drove a lot of instinct into me because she was a tough lady, an extremely tough lady, Greek, which is probably what actually was like the whole foundation of her was like, she was a, a proud Greek woman. And like, it, it, it was crazy too. Cause like, and, and that's why, like, you know, I don't, I don't believe in like the bullshit of like, Oh, like I don't, this is where it gets a little weird. Cause like, I don't, I believe a woman can definitely in a management position do just as well as a man. And, uh, if you think, if you think differently, like I'm telling you, I can, I could prove you on that one wrong, but cause she was probably one of the best managers I've ever had that ever, that I ever, ever, ever had besides, um, you know, maybe a few other people, but, um, but I definitely would probably put her first out of any other manager. But the, the point that I was trying to make is um, she was the one that built my accountability up, right? And um, I'm going to try to bring you back to the first thing because like sometimes I get, I get a little off topic. But um, the whole point of that story is just to show you that that's where I built my accountability. Now, going back to church, what happened was I'm like, I'm not going to stop working. I know people are going to try to get me to eat because people are eating back there. Now, think of this for a second. Everyone's volunteering back there. No one's getting paid to do it. So what do most people do when they're not getting paid and they're volunteering? Oh, I'm just volunteering. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to half-ass it. I'm not going to really put 110% into it. Like, I don't really care. Um, I was like, no, man, I'm going to work until the last dish is washed and dried and put away. So what ended up happening was I worked, like, it's a two-hour fish fry. I got there maybe, like, at 6.40, almost 7, so, like, halfway through ended up working three hours washing dishes and drying dishes and putting all that stuff back. And it's, it was a lot of silverware back there. Um, a lot of different like things that I had to put away back there. Um, and then, so what ended up happening was I get through it. Right. And I didn't stop the guy that I was working with that was on the kitchen was like, Oh my God, show you don't stop going. Like you just keep going. And the reason I kept going was because I knew if I stopped and I took a break, I wasn't going to want to keep going. So I'm like, I'm just going to keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. And at the same time, I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to like, I want these people to be like, oh my gosh, this kid just works. This kid just works, right? He's not getting paid for this and he's working his ass off. And so I'm working, 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 working. And then, um, the guy like, and then what would happen is like, everyone leaves the kitchen. Everyone's like, all right, we're done. We cleaned up. We're, we're done. And what would happen is they're feeding the people that serve like the kids, like a lot of these kids that come there and they do serving and stuff. Um, they do it based on getting service hours for their school, right? Cause you have to get service hours for class. So they come here and they do the service hours. Now they're feeding these kids and I'm still washing all the dishes as people are eating, as people are leaving, I'm like the only one left in the kitchen and I'm still cleaning dishes. They're still bringing me stuff to clean. And this is like two hours, two hours after every, like the whole thing is done. We closed like at, let's say uh, eight o'clock. I was probably still working till nine 30, almost 10 washing dishes. All right. 
I'm still going. I'm scrubbing. I'm going from section A to section B to section C. And I did it so like section A would be the soaking station. Uh, section B would be the rinse, you know, wash and rinse. And then section C would be uh, I'd clean, you know, actually like wipe it down and, and basically dry it. And so what I did was I'd do like half. I wouldn't do half. I'd do like maybe like a quarter of cleaning. And then I'd go and put it in the drying area, maybe do another uh, another quarter and then do like a quarter of drying and then come back to a quarter of this. And like I would just basically go from station to station to station to station. So that way we would get new um, new things and then it wouldn't it wouldn't overlap. But I did that all by myself, by the way. So like at the very, very end, people would come up to me and go, oh, my gosh, yo, what's your name? yo?" like you don't stop. So I met like three other people there that night. And they were just like, dude, like you're welcome anytime to come back and help us. Like you're like a one man army back here. Um, and the, and the point of me telling you that story is not, is not to boast. The, the reason I'm telling you guys that is because that is what is internally, internally inside of me. Um, and I never used to be like that. Like I used to be the person where I never held myself to that accountability before I used to be the person where I'm like, Oh, they're not going to pay me like whatever. I'm just going to half-ass this and do whatever. I, I went from that to going and, and working on, um, fish fry and basically, like I changed the whole way I was thinking about things and I'm like, all right, they're not paying me, but, um, I'm, I have a lot of people that I know here already. Like I know, um, father Kelly very well that, that, uh, owns that church. I've done a lot of work for him. Um, when I was a lot younger, I did a lot of altar serving for him. A lot of, um, I helped him out with weddings. I've helped him out with a lot of stuff. And um, I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm basically working for him right now. And I want to prove to him that I, I I'm his guy. Like I'm his go-to person. Like, I shake his hand every single time I come out of that uh, that that chapel or that church, and I'm like, I'm gonna. Uh, next time I see him and I shake his hand, I want him to know that I did that for you know for the church and the community, and that I, and I'm his guy, I'm his man to basically go and and work hard for you know for basically a good cause. All right, so that that was why I did that, but um, I held myself to accountability that no one else did in that in that place. Everyone half-assed. Everyone was eating food and drinking. Um, you know, they, they basically was like, I don't really care. I'm retired. Like, I, uh, I, don't, I don't really care. It's Friday. That, and that was the mentality, too. It was fr it's Friday. It's the weekend. It's the weekend. You know, it's whatever. We're not a five-star restaurant. I don't really care. So my, my, my mentality was like, I'm going to outwork all these people. And I can't, I can't, you know, I might not be the smartest person in that room. I might not be the brightest person in that room but I'm, I can definitely outwork your ass. I can definitely outwork you. And that's what I'm going to do. And trust me, people notice when you outwork people, when you put in a lot, a lot of work, people notice, trust me. Like I'm telling you, people notice there. I, that's how I've gotten promotions at jobs. That's how I've, uh, you know, I left the one job and, um, I left the one, the one job that was a marketing position at Broward college. And, uh, you know, I'm the manager I worked for was like, we miss you, yo. <laughs> we miss you like, uh, like it's, you know, it's weird without you. And that's because I was working. I'd always pick up the slack when someone didn't want to do something. Oh, you need this? I got you. Send it my way. Send an email and I'll do it. Right? Oh, you need to build that desk over there? I got you. Oh, we need to go fix this on, on this campus? I got you. I'll meet that guy. I'll meet that contractor to put that billboard up. I got you. I'll pick your billboard locations. I'll do this. You give it to me, man. I'm your guy right? I held myself to a big, massive accountability. When I went to that marketing job, right? When I, when I got hired at Broward College, I knew nothing about marketing. Zero. I mean, I knew, I knew a little bit of like reading books and like being interested in business, but I had no marketing experience. So I knew that I, I had to outwork everyone that was there in order to be put in a position where people looked at me the same as the same people I was working with that had bachelors and masters in marketing. And because I didn't have anything, I had zero degrees. I had zero experience. I had zero everything. All right. And I was working with top notch people. All right. Now the, and some smart, smart, smart people. All right. I had to prove to them that I could be just as good as they could without degrees, without um, experience, without, you know, maybe the, the knowledge base that they had. So the only thing I could do is outwork them. The only thing I could do is when they're going out for a 30, 40 minute lunch, I would, I would eat at my desk and I'd work, right? I'd eat at my desk and work, or I, I would, you know, do something where it was more productive than what they were doing. 
I, that's what I'm trying to tell you guys. I held myself to a bigger accountability level than all the people there that had masters that had, um, making more money than I was by far making more money than I was. You know, I, I'd get pissed when we have spring break and I'd be out of work for a week and I wouldn't get paid for that week. All right. Or when we had a winter break and that's a two week vacation and I didn't get paid for two weeks and I'm living off my savings account and they're getting paid on vacation. It's a paid vacation for them. Because they're working full-time, I'm working part-time. I'm making $12,000 a year there, and they're probably making at least maybe forty grand, maybe more a year. All right? That is commitment. That is accountability at, at the highest you could possibly get it. All right? And, uh, and that's what you should be doing. You should be building that accountability. You should be building that discipline. You should be building the mindset um, that's different than everybody else. Because if you're just going to be the same like everyone else, you're not going to make it. You'll be making the same as everyone else. You'll never make more. You'll make the same. Because you'll be the same. You won't be different. Right? So you got to build that mindset. And uh, accountability to me, I'm telling you, is probably like on a scale from 1 to 10 is, is easily a 10. I went to this class. I'm going to try to wrap it up a little bit. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave you with this. I went to this class. All right? And uh, it was a course. Uh, I think it was... I think it was like two weekends ago, right? And I went to, um, it was like an all-day thing. And I brought this up on another podcast. I went to this one and they talked about accountability and how to do it. And like accountability is the biggest thing because most people lack it in themselves. So they either have to go get someone else to be accountable towards them. Like, like a friend, like a friend reminds you. Like, hey, man, you didn't, like I had Sterling a couple of times where Sterling came on and Sterling's like, hey, man, where's the podcast? I didn't see it out today, Right. And I'm like, I'm really sorry, dude. I got to study for this test. Like, I can't do it. Um, but trust me, uh, I'm going to make it up. I'm going to make it up. Like, today's Wednesday. Today was the one that, you know, t Wednesday, Monday and Wednesdays are the real days I do the podcast. Now, I'm probably going to do one tomorrow, right? Because Friday, I'm not going to have time to do it. So I'm going to do it um, Thursday. And now that I'm thinking about it, I might just say, screw it. I was going to say F word, but I'm like, I got I to gotta try to clean this up. Um, uh, I might just bring the podcast equipment with me when I go on this, uh, this like vacation. It's called, it's not really, I, I mean, it's a little, I guess it's a vacation. <laughs> um, when you live in Florida and you live so close to the beach, I don't really consider it a vacation, but it's still going to be relaxing, man. I'm gonna have some cocktails on the beach and I'm gonna be chilling with some family. But I was thinking I could do a podcast over there and maybe, maybe have them on the show if they want to do it. But I was just thinking maybe like put, you know, put like the nice beach set out there take the computer with me, take the podcast. It's really not that hard to bring the podcast equipment. It's pretty, um, you know, you can transport it pretty well, but you actually give me a great idea. But, uh, the point is you want someone to hold you accountable. You want to hold someone to hold you accountable for things, right? Cause the easiest thing is like, I'm going to go do this. And then you forget about it. Or like you don't write it down. Writing down is the biggest thing for accountability. By the way, I write everything down everything. I have a good idea. I write it down. Um, one, uh, this one night, which I'm going to work on this book. I have this book idea guys. Um, I'm not going to tell you what it is. I'm not going to really go into too detail. Just know like I'm going to work on this book and it might take me a long ass time, but I'm going to write a book and be proud to be like, Hey man, I wrote a book. <laughs> I wrote a book, man. The one kid that, that can't spell the one that has bad grammar, the one that can't do this. I wrote a book. <laughs> so, but uh, the point of the story was I woke up one night I was having this really crazy dream, woke up in the middle of the dream. And I was like, oh my gosh, I got to write this down. All right. That's a book idea. That's a freaking book idea. And I go and I go to write it down. And, um, I wrote it out on, on, um, a piece of paper. And then I later on wrote it into my phone. Yeah. So I wrote it in the phone, still my phone. But the point is you want to write everything down because, because you're not going to remember it, yo. It, like if you don't write stuff down, you're not going to remember it. You might remember it later on, but you're still not going to write it down and then you're going to forget it, right? Um, so you, like the whole point is like they're saying with accountability is you want someone to either A, remind you, like have someone that puts you at accountability level or B, somehow figure out how to hold yourself more accountable. Now, I personally don't like the fact that they told you to go like at this course, they told you to go get someone else to hold you accountable. I think the best thing to do is work on making yourself more accountable because if you're relying on someone else to make you more accountable, it's probably not going to happen. It's a full-time job for that person to make themselves accountable. They're not going to have time for you 
to, to hold your feet to the fire. The only person that can hold your feet to the fire is yourself. Yourself is the only one that's going to hold you accountable to do what you want to do. I, like, I didn't like that at all. I thought that was, that was shit advice, to be 100% honest with you. But the lady's more successful than me, so who the hell knows? But I'm pretty sure she's not letting other people holding her accountable. She's running, um, I think her business was like, well, in the millions. She's running a million-dollar revenue business. So I'm almost positive she's not relying on anyone else to hold her accountable. I'm pretty sure she's holding herself accountable, right? Um, but anyways, uh, so that's accountability, right? Now, if you want someone to hold you accountable... Watch goals and updates. I'll, I'll put you in your place. <laughs> or, or hit me up. Hit me up on my cell phone, all right? Or reach out to me in some way. You can even reach out to Dundeal Investments and be like, hey, like, I'm not even really interested in Dundeal Investments. I just really want to get to know you. And I'll hold you accountable in the sense of like, I'll knock some common sense. We could sit down and have a drink. We can sit down and, and do whatever and, and have a conversation with you. And I'll, and, I'll, and I'll basically put some accountability in your life. Because I'm not, I'm not, I'm not shy to tell people the truth, all right? And that's why, like, I lost a lot of girlfriends. That's why, why I don't say a lot of girlfriends, like only like two, but the last girlfriend thought I was, uh, I was nuts because I'm like, look, like, the reason you're not doing this is because of this. And then, and then uh, I'd be like, I really want to get better at this. And she would deny, and she'd be like, you don't need to get better at that, right? So the point that I'm trying to make here is, I'll hold you accountable. Whether you're going to like it or not is up to you. But I, I don't lie to people. I don't bullshit people. I don't tell people what they want to hear. I tell them the truth. I think a relationship, friends, family, um, an actual real like girlfriend, boyfriend, marriage, right? Relationships should all be um, you telling them the truth. If you're building a relationship based off of lies and like telling them what they want to hear just so you can get things, it's, you're going you're gonna to lose that relationship. And that relationship's never going to last. I mean, I've I built relationships, friends and family relationships. Well, family's, uh, family's kind of tricky, but like um, the friendship one's definitely like I'm very proud of. Like I have a best friend that I, I've known for 14 plus years. Um, I've known Jimmy, who I consider a brother. I know Costa, who's Jimmy's brother, who I consider a brother. I, I consider his family my family, and I've known um, Jimmy and Stella for – it's probably been like – I think I had this conversation with them. It's, it's got to be going on 10 years now, 10, maybe 9 years now. Um, so I don't kill relationships. I definitely, I definitely keep people that are, are very close, close, that are, are worth keeping close. If you're not someone that's worth keeping close, you're probably not going to last as friends. I'll be 110% honest with you. I've been there, done that. I'm sure you've been there and done that where you've kept someone around because you felt bad or like you felt like maybe there's hope for this person and then it's the same old, same old bullshit, right? Um, I've done that plenty and plenty of times and I won't do that again to myself, all right? I just won't do it, um, which, is fun, which is funny enough because I just had a friend or an ex-friend where um, uh, he ended up, uh, he's, not, he's not the nicest person, but the funny thing is, I got word that his car, his car got broken into and then the car got totaled because uh, the cop went to pull him over or whatever and the car got completely totaled. And what it, what it just, in my mind, because like, I, don't, I don't wish anything bad on people. Like I have to tell you 110%, I don't wish anything bad on people. Like Even the people that did me completely dirty in the past, I still wish that they, they become successful in life. I don't, I don't wish anything harmful. I don't wish anything bad on those people. I, I just, I, like, I pray a lot in the sense of, like, I really hope that those people figure out, you know, what's going on in their lives and they end up turning it around and, and, they, and, they, go, and they move forward, basically, and they become very, very successful. But um, the point that I was going to make in this story was, you know, it, it's, it's karma. So, you know, he lost all the people in the circle, uh, all the friends, I still have all those same friends and connections, by the way. He killed all the connections, ended up getting into drugs really bad. I think he was dealing drugs for a while. Uh, now he's got the, he's got, you know, the carjacking and all that stuff. But what it comes down to it is it's karma, right? You get what you put back into the earth, right? You get what you deserve. There, there was a saying I ran into um, a motivational speech where they said life Life just doesn't give you stuff. Life, you get what you deserve out of life. And in the, the sense of whatever you do with your life and however you present yourself, however you go out and 
and and you give you give a lot you'll get you'll, you'll get more in return right so if i went and donated a lot of money to charity and i donated a lot of time to different organizations and um i helped my neighbors and i didn't just say oh like rob lives next door to me and i never talked to him and like i don't i don't really care what happens to rob right and i go and help my neighbor um and help my community and do different things you'll get stuff in return in the sense of like you'll be repaid throughout you know karma basically karma is going to come back and reward you um kind of like what i was telling you with like working at uh the church fish fry and i ended up running into the guy kevin when i was working with him and he's like hey i work on these engines and I'm like, oh, dude, perfect. Like, I'll drop, like, can you help me out with this one engine that's been sitting in my garage for a year? You know, I got rewarded. I got rewarded, luckily, for, for volunteering. I mean, it doesn't happen all the time, guys. Like, I've all I've volunteered a lot. Like, a lot, yeah. Like, I've done beach cleanups. I've done, like, city cleanups where, like, we go around to very, like, um, like poor neighborhoods and we pick up trash because, like, the people that live there don't really care and they're throwing all their trash all over the neighborhood and, um, it's, it, you know, it's disgusting areas and we're going around and we're picking up trash. Um, I didn't get any reward, you know, you obviously get reward cause you feel good about yourself. You're helping the community, but I, I didn't get anything that was like money. I didn't get any, I didn't get anything in return for that. Right. So that was like, and I wasn't expecting, and that's the thing that people should know too, is like, I wasn't expecting to work there and get something in return. Right. Um, I was expecting to feel good about myself, contribute back to society fix, you know, instead of being a problem, contributing to a solution. Uh, that's, that was my mindset going into it was like, all right, I'm going to contribute and I'm going to go and help my community because everyone complains that it's dirty. It's this, it's that. And they're not willing to go and donate the time out of their day to go and fix the community that they live in. Right. They complain, 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 but they don't do anything. So I was like, you know what, I'm going to, and if I'm going to be an example and I'm going to go and preach about certain things, I need to step up to the plate and I need to go volunteer my time, right? So that's what I did that for. But the, the point that I was trying to make is, um, I lost track here, but the point is you want to, I, I guess, give back in a sense. Sorry, I was a little distracting on this other side. But, um, but it all comes back to accountability, right? So hold yourself, hold yourself, hold your feet to your own fire is like my message to you. Don't, don't, May, don't wait for other people to hold you accountable. I didn't like that at all when she said that. I really didn't. I was like, oh, it's bullshit. <laughs> like, you shouldn't wait for anyone else to do something. You should be able to do it yourself. Hold yourself accountable, not wait for other people to hold you accountable. But anyways, um, we're going to move on to the next one, which is always finish. And this one, I can give you a lot of examples, all right? The best one I can give you for this one, because I, I, I try to I have the mentality of like, I got to finish. And I don't know, I don't know if it's like, um, I don't know if it's like, I don't know the proper word for it, but, uh, when you have like a, like they, they label it something like, um, damn, well, I'm going to mess up on it anyways, but I, I don't know the name of it, but they label it something where like you have to, like, it bothers you if you don't finish something, you don't clean something up, you don't take care of something. Um, and the, the point that I was going to make is, uh, I play golf every Sunday or almost every Sunday, like this Sunday, I probably won't play golf, but um, almost every single Sunday I play golf. And what drives me crazy is when we're playing golf and I play with an 80, I believe she's 86, 85 or 86. All right. An 85 year old lady, my mom. And I don't know how old Kevin is, but Kevin is the one that plays golf all the time. He plays for money, gives me tips every single day. I'm like, Hey, and like, he'll be like, Hey, yo, like, Go a little bit further up on the club, fix your hand posture. Um, you're, you're swaying too much and you're not getting the full ball. You're sculling it. He teaches me all the terms. I love playing with Kevin because he's like a, he's like a professional. He's not labeled a professional golf player, but like if you play with him, you're like, oh man, this guy knows a lot about golf, right? So I'm trying to put myself in a position with golf where I'm like, I got to play with the best. Because if I'm going to be a businessman, I got to learn how to play golf, right? I got to make the deals on the golf course. All the rich people are at the golf course, right? I got, I got to, I got to, I got to learn how to play golf. And like, he's teaching me how to play golf. He lets me use his irons all the time. I'm like, hell yeah, man. Uh, he's like, yo, you got to go get this club. You got to go do this, right? The one thing that drives me crazy out of all of them is they'll quit. Okay. Even Kevin, the good golf player, it drives me nuts. What will happen is we'll, we'll tee off. We'll inch up, right? 
will get on greens, which is when you putt, and they'll putt maybe like three times and miss the hole, and the ball's like right there at the the hole, right? Like right there. Like all you got to do is tap it in, and they, and since it took them nine tries or eight tries, they get pissed and they're like, screw it, and they pick up the ball and they leave. And uh, they get mad at me because sometimes I take my time and uh, we go through and it takes me like sometimes like I'll, I'll have a bad day of golf and sometimes it even takes me 11 or 12 times. Like I'll hit in the water and I got to hit it from over in the water, you know, in like the, the rough area or I get into the sand trap and I got to get out of the sand trap um, and like I'll have a bad putting day and I'll go I'll go pat, I'll go over the hole sometimes and uh, it takes me like five tries putting, but I still finish and they laugh at me. They laugh at me all the time, and I'm like, I gotta get, I gotta get the ball in the hole. And uh, and every single time they pick it up, I'm like, what? You you're a quitter. <laughs> I'm like, why did you quit, yo? Just get the ball in the hole and then pick it up, right? And the reason for that is I'm building discipline in my mind. I'm I'm going okay. I'm not a quitter. Quitters never win, and winners never quit. That's my mentality. Quitters never win, and winners never quit. Write that one down. That that one's a, that one's a beast. All right, and uh, I say that all the time to him. I'm like, quitters never win, and winners never quit. And I get the and I get the ball in the hole every single time, even if I'm having a shitty day, even if I'm like I'm playing the worst game of golf and I'm getting pissed. All right, I'm getting pissed. I still get the ball in the hole. Now why? Why? Who cares, man? It's just it's just a ball in a hole. I'm building that discipline. I'm building it to the point where even though everything else is falling apart around me and, and even though everyone's a quitter around me, even though people are giving up, I'm going to still go and finish the task that I came to do, right? And I, and I had this mentality throughout my whole entire life on the sense of like video games is a big thing when I was a kid. And what would happen is you, on video games, they normally have a campaign where you go through a certain amount of levels. You go from the beginning story mode all the way to the end. Now, the common games that do this that are pretty good are Call of Duty, Halo. Um, right now, I'm working on Red Dead Redemption, which is one of the longest games I've ever played. Like, I, I must have did like over a hundred missions, and I'm still going on that game. And I only play like once, like once a week on that game. All right, and probably only like three hours, and it's like a fifty-eight hour game, sixty-hour game, right? And and what I would do on Call of Duty is everyone, I would always beat the story on Call of Duty, Halo. Um, I'd always, if I had my mindset on something, I'm like, I'm going to get this and I and I get it. All right. Most people would be like, I didn't even complete the first story. I didn't even complete Halo 3. Or I didn't complete Halo 2. Or I didn't complete Halo 1. I completed all those games. Same thing with Call of Duty. Every single time I got a Call of Duty game, I beat the campaigns. Why? Because when I start something, I finish it. And I always had the mentality, like, I'd come home and be like, I got to play this game. I got to finish it, yo. Like, I can't move on to this next game until I finish this, right? So I was building it up at a, at a, at a very, very young age, um, you know, of trying to finish tasks and being like, all right, even though this person didn't do it, like, I'm still going to do it. Like, I still need to finish this task. And that's something that a lot of people slack at. A lot of people are like, oh, it gets too hard. I'm going to quit. Oh, um, you know, I, I don't want to do this anymore. And they quit. Uh, the same thing with like BMX. Like I did BMX for like a while and I ended up stopping because um, I obviously ran out. Of, I didn't have a lot of time because back then I could, I could just go to a skate park for two hours and I didn't have like any real responsibility. I just worked like a, a little, a little like okay job and I didn't have like bills like I have now. Um, and so I'd go there and what would happen is there's a trick that I really wanted to learn and it was a 180. What happens is you're coming this way, right? And then you do a 180 and you roll backwards. And then you have to fake you out. And what would happen is most people couldn't couldn't um, go backwards and like hold it, right? They couldn't hold the balance point going backwards because it's weird. It's not the same as going forward, obviously. It's like a whole different weight. You have to shift your weight. And then the fakie would kill everyone. Like no one could do the fakie. No one could either hop out or fakie. And uh, the point that I'm trying to make is I kept going. I kept falling on my ass. I kept going until I got that trick locked down. And like when my friends kept seeing me and I'm like, I got the 180 down. I got this trick down. I got this down. I got that down. They'd get pissed and they, and they quit. They all quit. They all quit BMX because they're like, I can't, I can't get these tricks. I can't do it. Right. 
but even though everyone quit, I was still going to the skate parks. I was still trying to learn. I was still trying to build um, friends that would go to the skate park with me. I was still trying to do things where I was, um, I was building my tricks, like the different types of tricks to, to like impress people with. Cause that's really why you BMX. You're like, you're trying to impress, you're trying to outdo yourself, but at the same time, you're trying to show off because that's what it is. That's what tricks are. You're trying to show off. You're like, Oh man, look, look what I can do, man. Look what I can do. You can't do this. Right. So at a, at a really young age, I was already doing that. I was building that discipline of like, all right, I got to finish. Like if I set my mind to do this, I have to go do it. I have to practice. I have to keep moving. I have to keep going towards that goal. Right. And uh, most people quit. Uh, 95% of people probably quit. They're like, oh, it's getting too hard. I can't do that. All right. So build, build that mentality of like, I'm going to finish everything. And, you, and I don't finish everything either, but I finish like at least nine out of 10 things or like eight out of 10 things. Most people probably finish one or two things and then probably quit on the rest. Right. So the point that I'm trying to make is like, try to get that mentality of always finishing. Don't be the quitter, be the winner. Winners never quit. Right. I got that lockdown. Right. You can't convince me otherwise. I already know winners never quit and quitters never win. All right. So write that one down. Like if you're writing, if you're writing shit down on paper, write that down. Winners never quit and quitters never win. Or actually do it in reverse. Like I think the dyslexia kicked in. I think it's quitters never win and winners never quit. I like that one better. All right. Quitters never win. Winners never quit. Write that one down. But anyways, um, but yeah, so, uh, I'm trying to think if I can give you another example. I had the the BMX one. I had um, what other stuff I was talking about. But just let me see if I can give you another example. Um, I did golf. I did BMX. Um, all right. Well, here here's one. I got one. So, like pool, right? Or actually, even if you play sports, like um. If you've ever played sports and someone's like quit, they're like, oh, we're never going to come back. I, ne- I never quit. Even though I'm, I'm probably going to lose, I still go. Uh, we were playing basketball like a month and a half ago with Jimmy Costa. Um, it's Jimmy Costa and then their, their nephew and then their nephew's friend. All right. It was me, their cousin, and then their nephew's friend against Costa and Jimmy. Now, even though we had three on a, a – we had a one extra person advantage – uh, like Jimmy and Coaster are these tall, tall, tall guys. All right. And like, they're, they're like, fuck, they're like buildings, yo. They're buildings. Like you hit them and like you hit them, <laughs> you hit them. Like they don't move and they're tall. So every single time you go to take a shot, they, they like slap, they slap the ball on your face. They, um, you have to pass. The only way like we could outmaneuver them is by passing and being on point with the passing and then shooting. Right. So what ended up happening was like, um, they, they would beat us like every single time. I don't think we won one game versus them and they would beat us every single game. Now we would be in like positions where like we tie with them and then gain the lead. And then they would like, be, like basically beat us to a, a bloody pulp. And then like, there'd be times where like, you know, the mentality is like, Oh, like we're never going to win. Like just give them the ball and let them like shoot. But in my mind, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go 110%. Like, even if we're going to lose, I'm at least going to try to lose by a little. <laughs> that was my mentality. I'm like, I'm just going to keep going hard. And like, I, there's like sweat pouring down my face. Like, like I had to like take a couple breaks because like, I'm like, Oh my gosh, I'm going to die. <laughs> and like, I'm, I don't, I haven't played basketball in like such a long time. Like, like pickup games. Like I haven't done in a long time. So like I'm out of shape completely with like sports. So I'm like, damn you. Yeah. But I, like, I still hustle. I still give it 110%. Like even like, even, um, even his nephew was like, yeah, I was really shocked how fast you're moving out there. And I'm like, but see, like, that's where it comes back to accountability. It's where it comes back to finishing. It comes back to all those things I just pointed out to you. Like, that's a good one for accountability. But um, I hold myself to a higher accountability than most people. Right? I'm like, I, I got to, like, there, there's no way, like, we're going to lose. Like, I got to push harder than everyone else. I got to get out there and I got to do way more than anyone else out there. And, uh, like I said, I, you know, I might not be the, the prettiest person out there. I might not be the most intelligent person out there, but I'm going to be the hardest working person out there. People don't remember people for smarts. They remember people for hard work. 
let that one sink in, right? Have you ever said like, have you ever said to someone like, oh, I remember that person because they're so smart. No, they're hard workers. That's what you're really looking at. You're looking at the hard work that they're putting in every single day to be that smart ass or that, that person that you think is smart, right? They got to put in the work somewhere to be that smart. So that every successful person has work ethic, right? They work hard. There's no bypassing. And that's why you see a lot of people that are like, oh, I'm not going to do that because it's too much work. Oh, I'm going to do this because it's too much work. Th those are quitters. Th they're not going to do anything because everything's hard. Life is not easy, guys. Life is not easy. Life, life is going to knock you on your ass every single time, and you're going to have to get back up. Um, and it not, it, trust me, it knocks me on my ass every single day almost. <laughs> like there's some days where I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm like, yeah, it's not, it's not going to stop me. And then there's other days I'm like, damn, yo, today's a rough ass day. Like I'm pushing hard through it. Right. Um, and I work at a job where they correct you every single minute, every single time you screw up, they coach you, you screw up and like, you feel terrible about yourself. Cause like, damn man, I can't get ahead of this. Every single time I try to do something that I think is the right move. Then they punch me back in the face. They put me back in my place. And you're like, you're like, damn. Right? So, like, I don't know what else to tell you on that one. Like, life is not easy. It's, it's going to always be hard. You don't want it to be easy, by the way, either. If everything was easy, you'd be bored out of your mind. Completely bored. You wouldn't, you wouldn't, you wouldn't even want success. Right? Because you'd be like, it's, it's too easy. Anyone can go get that. So, you got to understand, like, you got to have accountability and you always got to finish something. Always, always, always try to finish stuff. I have books that I'm like halfway through and like, um, I'm like, all right, I got to get to these books and, and finish them. Like they're on my shelf right now. And I'm like, like, damn, you know, I got to, I got to read that. I got to finish that. Right. I passed the books and I'm like, damn, you know, I got to read that. Um, I listen, like right now I'm doing Cardone University, which is a sales, uh, a sales training online. And it's massive. Like I'm, almost, I've been doing like at least 50, 70 videos already on it. And I'm only 5% done with the whole entire program. It's massive, massive, massive program. And I look at that number and I'm like, damn, yo, 5%. Yo, I've done so much work already. And I'm like, I'm going to get to hundred percent. I'm going to do it, man. I get to that 100%. Yo, I feel so good about myself and sales. Right? So that that's, that's all accountability, yo all accountability and it's all, and it's, and it's the same, it's the same thing with always finishing. I always got to finish, you know, I might be the last person, but I got to finish just like the tortoise and the hare, right? The tortoise and the hare that the tortoise went slow and the hare kept taking breaks and stopping and stopping and stopping. And he should have beat the tortoise, but the tortoise, since he was so determined to finish out beat the, the, the person that was really fast just cause he was committed right? He, he had, he was determined. He held himself to a, a higher, um, a higher accountability than the, the hair and a higher self-worth of finishing than, than the, than the actual hair. And he won. <clears throat> now the message is a little screwed up in that. Cause like, I don't, I don't believe you should go slow. You should try to go a little bit faster than what you're doing. But the idea is spot on where it's like the person was so consistent when the other person slacked, the other person caught up and beat them. That, that's, that's what you really should have got out of that book was um, if I'm determined enough to keep going forward, eventually the person that's way up there is going to slack and they're going to fall behind me and then I'm going to win. Consistence is the key. So right now I'm going to pitch you Dundee Investments and then uh, we're going to wrap this up. So I, my name is Tyler Dunn. I own a company, Dundee Investments LLC, where the deal is already done. Now, what this business is designed to do is to help a distressed seller. And I do that by, take, you know, if you're, to, if you're someone that's in a financial situation that can't sustain the property, whether it's pre-foreclosure liens, um, job transfer, you're trying to get out of a messy divorce, you just want to get rid of your house, you inherited a house from a, a loved one or a relative and you don't know what to do with the house, any of those I can help you with and probably more that I can't think of. But any, any situation that you want to sell that house extremely fast um, and, and just get, get the process fast and over with, I can definitely help you with that. Now, uh, the point of the matter is 
Um, what I, how I do this, by the way, is I take the distressed seller and I meet them with an investor. All right. So I put the deal together and that's why it's called where the deal's already done. Now there's three steps to this process. The first step is you have to get in contact with me. I can't, I can't help you if you're not going to come in and, uh, show me that you need help. Like I'm not, I'm not a musician. I'm not a, uh, a psycho, you know, what do they call them? Um, a mind reader or like, uh, um, I think they call them like gypsies and stuff that can like predict the future and stuff like that. All right. I don't have, con I don't have control over that. <laughs> so you got to reach out to me somehow. You can email me, um, call me, go on my website, go on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Like there, there's plenty of ways to reach out to me. So, and that's all. In, if you're on Facebook, that's all in the description, all that stuff. Now, once you contact me, I'm going to ask you some very, very basic questions. Uh, it's going to be um, just asking you questions on the financial situation that you're in and the condition of like your home. And then from there, we're going to go into step two. Now, step two is going to be that um, we got oh, to go and set up an appointment for me to go to your property. And that's just so I can go around and see, you know, if your property's in certain conditions. Um, and what I'm going to do is take five pictures inside your house and five pictures out. And then I'm going to bring a sheet with me. That's just going to be like, all right, we have roof damage, window damage, this damage. And that's going to give me the average cost for the investor. Right. And the reason I'm taking the 10 pictures is when I go and find an investor, I don't want to have all these people come to your house. I want to make it so we could just send them the pictures. We can send them like how much money it's going to take to fix up the house. And, and, and they're, they're already in the deal like that, like in a, within a snap of a finger. They already know what's going on, like all that stuff. We can bring them up to speed faster. Um, you're not, you're not going to get pissed because you're going to have all this traffic going through your house. And then from there, we're going to go into step three. So step three is going to, and this is the last step. I call it the three steps of financial freedom. So the last step of uh, the financial freedom is we then have to, um, or I have to, go and see what your average um, what your house average worth is. And we do this by running comps. So what we do is we go and find three houses that are the closest to yours that have sold on the market, uh, the most recent on the market. And then that's how we get the average price. And then all we do is deduct the, the how much it's going to take to like basically invest into your house. And then from there, what's going to happen is um, I negotiate with you or whoever the seller is. I negotiate with them and I go, okay, this is how much like we're trying to go for. Like, where are you comfortable in the ballpark with this? Um, what are the terms that you need? Like, if you have to stay in the house for another three weeks, or if you have to go and find another property, you have to do whatever. I'll work it out with you and the investor on the deal. And then from there, we'll go into contract and you'll sign, I'll sign, the investor will sign. And then from there, um, you know, you we basically pay you the cash that we offered you. We obey by the terms that we all agreed on. And then the investor is then going to take ownership of the house. He's going to reinvest his money and put it back on the market for full full market value. Um, the cool thing too is you're not going to, the seller's not going to pay me. The investor is going to pay me. So I'll get commission from the investor and then, um, and then I'll help you out. So like if you need anything else from there, like you need to go find a realtor, you need to go find a home inspector, you need to go and find some financing. I can definitely 110% help you out in that category. You just reach out to me after the deal and stay in communications with me. And I'll be like, all right, here's a good investor or not investor. Here's a good real realtor or a real estate agent. Right. And I have, I have a lot of those, like a lot of great realtors, uh, home inspection as well. I have a couple connections, financing, financing uh, financing is not that hard. There's, there's a lot of different resources you go to for financing. And um, what I want to do with Dundee Investments real quick, so I, and then I'll wrap it up, is um, I'm trying to build it so it's a one-stop shop for everything. So if once I get you out of this financial situation that you're in, we can then go and find you another home and all the resources are in Dundee Investments, right? So we'll, we'll have home inspections. We'll have real, real estate agents. I can go and help you find a property within your budget. We have the home inspectors go and, and um, check out the investment to make sure that everything's good on the house. You're not walking into anything that's like bad where you're there for a week or a month and the water heater breaks and that's like 7,000 bucks or your, your roof, you know, you have roof damage. Now you have a big ass leak in your roof and you got to pay like 14 grand, like 10 grand to fix the roof on top of uh, the water damage that, that probably caused mold, uh, mold in the actual 
roof and compartments and whatever. Um, so that, that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to make it. And then you need financing, of course. So we can have a team that's going to be brokers that can basically find you the financing for the homes. So I have this idea of putting all these different things in Dundee Investments, right? So it's all related. We get you from here, here, and here. And then, uh, but, it, it, but the, the, the hard part with it is it's going to take time. Like Dundee Investments is obviously open for business right now. What we're mainly doing right now is the, um, the seller, meeting the seller with the investor. But what the next step I'm going to work on, and I'll let you guys know, is I'm going to do um, free home inspections. So what's going to happen is I'm going to go for my, right after this class, it ends in April. And then I'm going to go into uh, home inspections. I'm going to go online, get uh, licensed, learn about different you know home inspections type of uh, procedures, codes, all that good stuff. And then I'm going to go and do like free home inspections for people. So if you're someone that really wants to, um, one sec, if you're someone that really wants to, uh, you know, maybe you're looking to like invest in your home and like you want to maybe sell your home and you're like, uh, I, I really don't know what really to invest to give more market value to the home, uh, reach out to me. And when I get licensed within like the next, like my goal, I think for getting licensed in home inspections is going to be at least no less than. Uh, five months from now, four months from now, right? That's going to be like the goal. Like I'm going to try to push myself every single night to like, you know, almost like if I was going to school, like an hour and a half, maybe every single day, or at least like four or five days out of the week and do some lessons and like take tests and do certain things, get licensed in it or learn a lot. And then from there, um, you know, buy the equipment, do whatever I got to do from there. And then uh, what I want to do is build a pre- Pre, like almost like a pre-lit or uh uh damn i can't think of the word like the the like almost like a pre like a like a list of like people that want to get free home inspections before i'm even licensed so when i do get licensed i'll just contact you i'm trying to think of what that list would be called um damn i can't think of what the list would be called it'd be like a almost like a pre a pre-order list or it's not really pre-order because uh, you're not really ordering anything it's more of a service so it'd be like a pre-service list or uh, I, know, I know there's a term for it. I, I just can't think of it off of my mind right now going live. But the point of the matter is I'm going to build a list of people that want to get free home inspections. Now, I'm pretty sure home inspections normally go for like $150, $200. So, I mean, I'm saving you that. I'm saving you basically like 200 bucks for a free home inspection. On top of that, you're going to learn exactly what's wrong with your house. It's going to be a full home inspection. So like a 40, 39 page home inspection, where it's going to go through your outlets, going to go like your roof, what condition your roof's in, your water heater, um, all the necessity, electricity outlets, everything, how, how, um, how hot your water's running, right? So all the things that you need to invest in will be on that report. And then that way you can know like, all right, I, I got to invest like three grand into here and then I'll get like 12,000 12, back when I sell this house and I'll, you know, I'll be able to sell it for what I want. Now, um, so hit me up. Like if you're interested in that, just hit up the done deal investment stuff. Just be like, cause it's really, that's, what's going to be. It's going to be an add on to done deal investments. So hit up done deal investments and be like, Hey, I'm just really like, I'm really interested in getting a free home inspection. Uh, once you get licensed and I'll put you on the list. Um, I think that's everything that I can think of right now. This has been episode 69 of goals and updates. And my name is Tyler Dunn with done deal investments. LLC where the deal is already done. Have a great rest of your week and I'll see you tomorrow for episode seven. Peace.